Praise the Lord. Are you there? No matter what you are facing, no matter what you're feeling, God is the same. Remains the same. We've been traveling through the book of Hebrews. Some say it was the first coffee in the Bible, Hebrews. Dry humor. The Great Shepherd, I'm titling Hebrews chapter 13. Found that little verse tucked away in verse 20. And then we're going to go back and review a little bit of chapter 12. But I want to read verse 20. There you go. Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord. The writer of Hebrews is summing up his thoughts and bringing it to a conclusion. The emphasis throughout the book of Hebrews is what Jesus has done for our salvation so that you and I could be made righteous to stand before God. Because you and I are not worthy in ourselves. No man, no woman, can live good enough to somehow make it into his kingdom except through the blood of Jesus. And I'm so glad today that we can live without condemnation. Without condemnation from the enemy. And even condemnation from other believers from time to time can happen. But he has given you a place that's near to his heart. He's a shepherd. What do shepherds do? They care for their sheep. They lead them by example. They're steadfast. They're steady and they're consistent. We're going to talk about some of these things. Before we get to the first point, being a consistent shepherd. Back in Hebrews chapter 12, they were discussing this terrible mountain experience. It's back in verses 18, Hebrews 12. Read a little bit about the imagery that the writer of Hebrews is describing when Moses was on the mount. It was so terrifying that people were just afraid they wanted to run. What they felt was an unworthiness. What they felt was, I cannot even stand in the presence of God. Verse 21, so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I am full of fear and trembling. Can you imagine being Moses getting the Ten Commandments, getting all the laws, all the instructions for the tabernacle face to face with God? And he talks about verse 22, Hebrews 12. But you have come to, but you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. What's he talking about? He's talking about a place in heaven. He's talking about where God is. He's talking about where God desires all people to be there someday with him. He's talking in verse 23 about a general assembly in the church of the firstborn who are 
enrolled in heaven. When you accept Jesus Christ into your heart, you accept him as Lord, so you become enrolled in heaven. Your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Wonderful thing. It talks about a covenant. In order to have a covenant, there was a relationship that would cost the blood of Jesus. And he talks about the earth shook. Verse 26, Hebrews 12. His voice shook the earth then. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. And this expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which can can be shaken as of the created things in order that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. What is the Lord doing? In the last days, he said, I will, I will, I will build my church. Then at times there's, there's some shaking. There's some need for some sifting. There's some things in our hearts that the Lord is working on to get us into a better place. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, heaven and earth, it says, in one place shall pass away, but my, my word shall never pass away. His kingdom shall never pass away. I don't know about you, but that's, that's a good, good news for us. In an ever-changing, crazy world, there is one who remains consistent. So point number one, we have a consistent shepherd. Beginning at verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 13, let the love of brethren continue. He starts out the chapter focusing on love, focusing on the love of God in the place, focusing on treating one another with hospitality. Verse 2, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Interesting verse. Some have entertained angels without knowing it. God has created his angels to serve. Some of the angels are also assigned to you and I. Did you know that? They have been given assignment to watch over you lest you dash your foot against a stone, as the psalmist said. I will give his angels charge concerning you. He will give his angels charge concerning you. He touches on the prisoners. Remember the prisoners, verse 3. God doesn't forget about the prisoners. God doesn't forget about the persecuted. God doesn't forget about those who've been ill-treated. Unlike us, unlike myself. I can forget about others that are suffering and get caught up in my own little world and go on uncaring, un even unthinking about others that are going through hard things. But the good shepherd knows every sheep by name. Over in the Gospel of John's Gospel, chapter 10, is a classic portion of Scripture which has to do with how the shepherd takes care of his people. John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he shall be saved and shall go in 
and go out and find pasture. I understand that the shepherds of old would actually create a circle with their flock. and He would lay down at the entrance of the door himself. Because anyone who had to come in had to come through him. And he would guard his sheep. But the wolf, as it goes on to describe, a hireling, so to speak, doesn't care about the sheep, doesn't guard the sheep when the wolf comes. But the good shepherd has got his heart into his calling, and it's more about monetary. It's more than that. It has nothing to do with any monetary means. It is a calling from God. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. Verse John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse I am the good shepherd. Hebrews says, the great shepherd. John says, the good shepherd. He lays down his life, the sheep. We all know when Jesus ultimately laid down his life for his sheep was on a cross that the Romans had invented to torture its victims. But Jesus, knowing who he was from the beginning of all time, was willing to humble himself and come on into this place we call earth or in this life. There is a pasture that we read about in John's Gospel, chapter 10. There is a pasture, there is a place that the Lord has for you and I to lead us in, to lead us out. There is a way to make a living. There is a way to have life because there's a good shepherd who has pastures for us, who has feeding grounds, who has places for us to grow and become stronger in our faith in our understanding of who he is. Without the shepherd, we would soon be scattered. Without the shepherd, we would, without the word of God and the shepherd that is the word of God, we would be misled by so many other ways. So many other people have their method or thinking of this is how you're going to get to heaven. But the Bible says his name. And his name only is the way. His name, Jesus, is the way of salvation. No other name. And he's the only door that is open for you and I. Aren't you, aren't you glad today that you can understand who Jesus is? And he has not forgotten about your circumstances. He doesn't leave when things get hard. He doesn't say, ah, oh, you're not worth the bother. No. If one wanders away, we see this imagery, we see this illustration of Scripture, the one that wandered away, he went after looking for it. It was valuable and important. See, people are in faraway places around our world. Jesus knows where they're at. And Jesus is seeking. Thank God for missionaries. Thank God for people that are going into all the places, but there are people even across our streets in our neighborhoods who are yet to receive the love of God, a witness. And you and I come into play. You can be a witness in your workplace. 
You can be a witness when you go to the supermarket. You can be a witness by simply just serving people, simply by loving on them. Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel 28, verses 19 and 20, he was talking about to the disciples as he was departing to go back into heaven. He gave this commandment. Matthew's Gospel 28, verses 19 and 20 read, Therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. You mean Jesus is going to be with us always, even to the end of the age? What reason do we have to fear if Jesus is with us? If we have the good shepherd, we have the great shepherd who leads us. He's a consistent shepherd. In verse 8, Hebrews chapter 13 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today, yes and forever. So I started, when the girls were home, they said, Dad, you wore that shirt, you know, three days in a row now. Yeah? Well, I said, I'm trying to be like Jesus. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Thanks for laughing. I thought I needed to lighten up the moment. No, it's true, isn't it? He is who he said he is. What can we expect when we come to Jesus? What should we expect? The mercy, the compassion. That he wants to speak into your life, in your situation. He wants to speak life. He wants to comfort, to nurture. He wants to guide. Sometimes he disciplines us. We already learned about that in Hebrews 12, the discipline of the Lord. You know, that staff that the shepherd used was also used to keep in line the sheep, to guide them. I could see even sometimes he'd use it to pull one back in. A little discipline, perhaps. The psalmist said something to affect thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What does that mean? That rod and thy staff comforts me. Knowing that the Lord cares, knowing that we are in a good place when the Lord is in charge. And how do we let the Lord become in charge? We say, Lord, I don't know the way, but you do, and I trust you. How do we know what to do when... We don't know what to do. What should we do? We seek him first. Ask him, what is it that I should do here? What does God think? Include God in your decision. Call upon him and ask the Lord. Previous verses, after verse 3, he touches on marriage. Verse 4, let marriage be held in honor among all. Let the marriage bed be undefiled, fornicators and adulterers. God will judge. Then he goes on, let your character be free from the love of money. He's just kind of touching on things and issues that we deal with in life. 
Your character be free from the love of my... God, did you know God is interested in your character? Your character, who you are inside. That he's interested in your honesty, he's interested in your integrity. For he himself, how can we be content? For he himself has said this. I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. You mean I can be content because he said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. In other words, there will be people in this life who will desert you and forsake you. In fact, of the matter, people come and go. And the fact of the matter is, we're appointed unto, unto death. Hebrews described it. We're not going to live forever. Therefore, we need to understand how to live with Jesus forever. We're not going to live in this world forever. But the good shepherd has a plan. And he led us, secondly, by his example. But Jesus didn't just start hollering down from heaven, this is how you need to walk. Straighten up over there. No. He came into this life. He came into this world. John 1, 14, and the word, the word means Jesus. And he dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. In other words, we needed to see someone in the flesh. We needed to have an example. And isn't it interesting how Hebrews describe verse 7? Remember those who led you? Not someone who just told you how to live, but demonstrated how you to live. I don't know about you, but I learned more by watching someone else, or learning it from someone else, a trade or some form or fashion. Show me how that's done. Don't you tell? I can. I can. I can read about it. I can. I, I got this. I got this little. This little amp thing for, you know, a power booster, connect your cable to a dead battery. And this morning I got to read the instructions because, why do they have so many instructions? And for guys, we don't like to read instructions. We just know well, that's just obvious. This is the way to do it. But there, there's all kinds of liability issues. If you have a short and your cord, you can blow it up. You know, it, if you arc it, you, you might blow up. Okay. You got to read the whole thing. So there, there's a way to do things better and to maintain a better life. And Jesus saves us, yes, thank God, eternity awaits us 
but right now I need something to hang on to. And the, the purpose for our belonging to him is so that we become brothers and sisters through Christ so that we can demonstrate the love of Jesus in the body of Christ. This whole thing about discipling has to do with more than what happens Sunday morning. It happens throughout the process of life when you're walking on the way, when you're driving somewhere, when you have opportunity to just somehow listen or speak words of encouragement. Be led by example. He is our foundation. Verse 6 in Hebrews 13 says that we confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What shall man do to me? Why why are we so afraid of what men think? Why am I so afraid sometimes what others are going to forget about it? What does God think? What is the Lord? Throughout his earthly ministry, Jesus demonstrated over and over and over and over again unconditional love, yet he would heal people. He would ask them questions like, who do you believe I am? He would get them to try to understand that their faith could be in Jesus. And he would touch them. How did, how did Jesus know which one? This story was in the, in the Gospels. There was, called, there was a pool called the Pool of Siloam. And apparently every so often the waters would stir and the angel would heal the first one, would come down and stir. And then the first person who got into the pool was healed. Cool, right? Really? Wow. But what about the lame person who couldn't get themselves into the pool? Jesus came to that person. And so a lot of people are in the world thinking, how am I going to get to heaven? Is there a heaven? Is there a way I can know? And the Bible says, those who will believe will be saved. Believe what? Believe that Jesus Christ died and was resurrected. So even after the death of Jesus, he came back. The scripture says he talked to many people. And he showed himself to many people. Let me go back a couple chapters, actually only one. Make it two. And you have this little word, faith, that appears. Remember when we talked about it a little bit? All these big names, Noah and Moses and Abraham. 
See, verse 6 in Hebrews 11 says, without faith it is impossible to please God. We're talking about there's, there's, a faith, there's a faith to believe what Jesus has done. There's a faith to accept Jesus. But there's also a faith to believe that God is going to lead you now. Right? There's a faith that the same Lord that walked way back in the days is also walking with you now through the Holy Spirit, who he's promised to the church. It was to our advantage that he left. Because the Holy Spirit can be everywhere at one time. Isn't it amazing? Across our world, on the both ends of the north, the south, the east, the west, and all that is in between, the Lord encompasses. And he's leading us. Now, back over to Hebrews 13. I'm keeping these guys going. Keeping them verses coming. Hebrews 13, verse 9. Hebrews 13, verse 9 says, Do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings. May I say this? There are a lot of strange teachings in the world. We've got to check them out. We've got to throw it out if it's not lining up. We can listen and try to understand where the person's coming from. But I believe it was First John that just says, test the spirits. Test the spirits. What are the spirits? Other spirits other than God. We live in a spiritual world. There are other spirits. The enemy, Satan, has other spirits. But we don't, be, we don't have to be gullible and take everything in. It is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. What he's really referring to now, not by foods. What he's really referring to is some some, some people were so set on what they had to eat or drink. It really didn't matter. What really mattered was that they understood who Jesus and what he's done for him. Verse 10, we have an altar. We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. Now he's alluding to Old Testament tabernacle times for the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy place by the high priest is an offering for sin are burned outside the camp. Now he makes a point here, just like that happened then. Verse 13, hence let us go out to him outside the camp bearing his reproach, for here we do not have a lasting city. We are seeking the city which is to come. We're seeking heaven which is to come. Revelation talks also about a city that comes down 1,500 miles square. This is complicated. Don't let it be. Jesus is who he said he is. Jesus is going to come back like he said he would. 
and the church is in good hands because he's a great shepherd. He will not lead us astray. He gave his life so that we would stay in relationship and be able to be accepted. Verse 15 then says, through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. In the Old Testament, on the altar, they were constantly burning animals and incense and things that were required, a constant offering. New Testament, new covenant through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. We have reason to praise him. We can praise him with a song. We can praise him with a clap. Remember that song we sang way back in the day? Clamp your feet or stamp your feet, clap your hands. I can feel him all over me. Remember that, that old song? None of me going, what? The pastor gone crazy. Sometimes when I get alone with the Lord, I get to thinking about these old songs. There's truths. If it were not so, would I have told you? Jesus said, if it were not so, I would have told you. Does that mean we're going to understand every little detail? No. Does that mean, oh, yes, life is going to be so... Ah. Did you know that we are in a battle? I kind of wondered about that. Did you know that the enemy does not like you for who you stand for? And there are people who are not going to agree with your faith. Does that give you reason to cave in? No, it's just dig in all the more. How can we love people that oppose us just for the love of Jesus, what Jesus did? He knew, when to, he knew when to speak and not to speak. No wonder. No wonder Hebrews described this wonderful grace. In the 12th chapter. Verse 15, I'll read it again. We read this last week. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. That no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble and by it many be the problem. The problem here is not what's happened to you, but how I, how I am responding. Not what's happened to me, but how I am responding. I know there are boundaries. There's, all, there's, there's a time to say, this is enough. There's a time when we need to protect ourselves. There's boundaries. But all in all, if we're going to have healing, it's going to take the grace of God. Are you with me? It'll take the grace of God. Love, it says, 
covers a multitude of sins. It says it's somewhere else. Well, that means it helps you cope with the wrong. That helps you heal when wrong has been done to you. And Jesus, led by example, when they spit on him and they beat him, he let them because he understood they are a sheep without a shepherd. They will not understand, yet I give my life for the enemy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And so lastly, oh, oh I know what it was. Cal said I can preach an extra hour today. And I cut it short last week. So. Point three. You ever wondered what's God's will for my life? Where's God's will in all this? What's God's What? You do believe God has a will, right? I think you do. God has a will for your life. Well, why do why you bring that up? Well, it's in the text, Hebrews 13, verse 21. He's, he's finishing up. He's wrapping up. Thank the Lord. The pastor's wrapping it up now. Equip you. God's will is to equip you in every good thing to do his will. In other words, equip has to do with the tools necessary, the equipment, the, the things that it's going to take. If you're going to fix an automobile of some sort of a problem, you need the tools to do it. If you're going to make things better in your situation, you need the tools of the Lord to equip you, the power, the presence, the, the, uh, the forgiveness, the, the spirit of God that, that is beyond humanity. Equipping us, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Did you know that Jesus cares more about you and your situation that perhaps you do know and understand yourself. <laughs> and when I come to a place where I say, I don't know, Lord, where are you? But working your will. Philippians 2.13, it is God who is at work in you, both the will and to work for his good pleasure. You know that God takes pleasure? He's happy working in you. He is blessed when you respond to him. And even in your weaknesses, and even when you're unknowing, God wants to work his will in you. How do I know God's will? How do I know I'm in the right place? How do I know I'm where God has placed me? 
to simply talk to him. Lord, here I am. How did a young boy, Samuel, learn to know the voice of God? When he heard his name being called in the middle of the night, he thought it was the prophet Elijah. Priest, you just call me. Did you call me? No. Go back to bed. Did you call me? No. Third time. I think the Lord's calling you. And the scripture says he had not yet learned the voice of God. And so aren't we all learners? What is discipling? It's learners. What is a disciple? It's a learner. None of us can say, I have arrived. Good news. I am not there yet. The day will come. When he shall tell me why perhaps it was the way it was. He will let us know the situation. Romans 12, 1 and 2, our part is this, not to give into the world. Romans 12, verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world. Isn't that an interesting? Don't be con- don't, don't let the world become that which takes your heart and distracts you from the real world yet to come. The things that are eternal. The natural man does not understand the things of the spirit. That's what it says in Paul's letter. It, it doesn't grasp because we're only living for self and stuff. This was stuff. But rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is. Isn't that interesting? That you may prove what the In other words, another place in Philippians says, work out your salvation. It doesn't say work your salvation. Work out your your salvation. In other words, well, Lord, I'm, I'm wrestling with this. You know, you can be completely honest with God, and it's not going to. God's not going to fall out of His seat. He knows your heart more than you know. Be honest. Speak your concerns before the Lord. I'm reading Job, by the way. Then my devotional reading in the Bible, and it's like Job, 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 Job. They're just just struggling with what is going on. I'm trying to figure out, have have I done something, Lord, to make you angry? And that's a lot of time we we have an obstacle coming in our life, in our road, and we say, okay, God, what what are I doing wrong? May not be doing anything wrong. It's just life. Life in general has a ways of bringing trouble. Renewing your mind. Set your mind on the Lord that you may prove. And so, my dad would say this from time to time. Time will tell. Remember that, Linda? Time will tell. What he had learned is that it takes time. Oftentimes, time heals. Time will reveal. God is not in a hurry so often like we are. He answers in his time. 
And I leave you with one more verse. And everyone's going, it's coming to an end. Deuteronomy 29, 29. You ought to know that by heart, right? The secret things belong to the Lord. This is just part of the verse. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us. Secret things belong to the Lord. There are things that God is not going to tell us right now. And we can be good with that because we know he is a great shepherd. He knows the sheep. He knows everyone's situation. One more verse. Second, or 1 Corinthians 2.9, but just as it's written, things which eye has not seen, and ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man. Here's the bottom line. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. No matter where you're at in your life, in your season of life, He is a great shepherd that you can turn to, that you can look to. He will not lead you astray, but he will lead you in the way that will lead into eternal life with him. And just open your heart to him right now. We sing a final song. It will be our focus and situations will be shifted toward him, not, not on the situation, but in the situation we will look to you, Jesus.